0: Do you really want your company to stand out in the crowded digital space? Do you want to get more people to know, like, and trust you with your story? Authentic Web Video Marketing Agency can help you to collect those stories, the stories that sell, connect the stories to the situation, produce the videos that you need in each of the situations, and then use the latest techniques, including video ads, retargeting, and email to deliver those video stories. Authentic web is the video production and marketing agency trusted by top marketers to help their story stand out in a crowded space. Visit authenticweb.media to learn more. In a world full of boring stories, bad videos, and marketing misinformation, one very tall man with a weird last name will use his microphone. Use his video marketing knowledge red button, right? and use his friends. Please be on the show to change that. You are listening to the Garlic Marketing Show with Ian. <laughs> what? No, that's how you pronounce it. Well, if you say so. Your host, Ian Garlic. Welcome to another Garlic Marketing Show. Ian Garlic here, and our guest is a repeat guest, awesome guest, We're lucky to have him back, because this is the guy that turned a handful of quarters into a multi-million dollar business. Matt Miller, thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Hey, Ian, good to talk to you again, man. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, I, I love talking before, you had such a great story. Um, if you guys, you know, listen back to the Dow Inbound, you'll hear about how Matt has turned, essentially started a franchise business, but what I loved most about it—we talked about it—was that there was no real digital marketing involved at the time, was there?
1: No, not not much. We've we've jumped into the space uh, some more, and not doing nearly as much as we as we should be or could be, but but we're definitely working in that direction. Nice. So tell me a little bit about. So let's do a quick recap. Tell me a little bit about your business,
0: and um, just so people. Don't have to listen to the whole episode if they don't want to.
1: Yeah, my company is School Spirit Vending. We specialize in hassle-free year-round fundraising for schools. And while doing that, we provide opportunities for families who want to diversify outside of their their full-time income on a limited time commitment to generate passive income uh, through our franchise model. Um, We started 10 years ago. We're in about 24. Schools around the country today, and, and um, got close to 100 families that we work with across about 40 states with our model currently. Wow, you've grown a lot. I think last time we talked here you, were probably around 30 families you're working
0: with. That's awesome, congrats on that! Um, Thank you. So, what you know, tell me a little bit about the success stories. What, what's worked for really well for you
1: on the marketing side, you mean? Yeah. And growing the business and growing the business in general. Well, I mean, I, and to be honest, the most successful thing for us, bar none, has been being on shows like yours. Um, You know, a franchise is a very, very big decision uh, to become part of one for somebody to make. And to have somebody be able to hear our story, to find out a little bit about what makes us tick what we stand for and that type of thing you know by the time you and I are done talking it either makes sense or it doesn't and if it doesn't hopefully they've got a bunch of value um out of our conversation just around what we do um but if it does if it does make sense to them then they reach out and we end up talking about it and uh we've grown 63 or 64 franchises in the last year and it's just been crazy because we found there's a lot of people out there that would like to own a business, but don't really know how, or they would like to start out with a proven model instead of jumping in and trying to figure it all out on their own. And the nice thing about our businesses, it's it's pretty inexpensive. in In the franchise space, the average franchise today is about 125,000 in the U.S. Um, our startup. Uh, is less than 20000 when it's all said and done. So it's very affordable for just about anybody.
0: That's, that's great, right? Because, I mean, I, I throw $15,000 out the window all the time. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: and so a proven concept, bam, there you go. Um, and it makes sense to a lot of people. I mean, we, we've even thought about it. If I had a smidgen of time, I'd be doing it. Uh, <laughs> my wife's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> um but it, it, it it's i love both the fact that you've found this cool niche but also opened up the franchises can you tell me a few of the success stories of the franchisees
1: wow uh it's cr- like as an example we've got one one couple that just got started 14 months ago and um you know they're already in 70 schools um, which is which is crazy. I think the best year I ever had in getting the company started was was adding 28 schools, and so they've put in 70 in a little bit over a year. Um, both busy professionals working full time, and they had a baby during that year as well. So, I mean, definitely setting the pace. Um, you know, one of the things on the marketing side of things that I teach our team is to have a multi-pronged approach. You know, you can't put all your eggs in one basket. And uh, because in today's society, as you know, I, and everybody, uh, the society is very segmented at, at this point and everybody responds to messaging differently and responds to different messaging. So if you're only going to Facebook as an example, well, you're probably, you know, hitting generation Xers and, and them, but if if you're looking for millennials, you're probably not going to find them on Facebook as an example, uh, whereas Instagram might be your best place to go for them or whatever. Well, we use a lot of traditional marketing, but then we also use some of the the newest and latest and greatest as well. So you know, postcards, good old direct mail is alive and well. And in fact, I, in my humble opinion, think that that is one of the best kept secrets today. As everybody has gone online, and people's inboxes are packed with, with emails that they're never gonna get to, there's less and less um, competition in the mailbox. And you're sure that that postcard or letter is actually gonna get to the person and not be you know, uh, filtered out by a spam filter or, or whatever. Um, so we do a lot of traditional marketing. We do trade shows still to this day. In fact, they're one of our biggest uh, forms of of growing business. We do, you know, Facebook ads. We do trip campaigns. We do, you know, emails. And then, heaven forbid, we actually do good old door-to-door, <laughs> you know, where we actually go out and I, I call it shake hands and kiss babies, right? and and actually get to develop some relationships with folks as we're promoting, you know, a lot of folks don't want to do that and go there, but it's huge. Um, and we definitely set ourselves apart in the process because so few do.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's so, so important. And we'll talk about the direct mail piece, but in a little bit, because I think that's crucial. Um, and I literally was just going to do a piece on it. No pun intended. Um, because it, it's you have to zig and zag, right? Uh, so when you're talking about all these marketing methods, are you talking about for selling the franchises or for, for the franchisees to use?
1: Uh, those are all for the franchisees to use. Most of the marketing that we're doing uh, as a franchise is being done with, uh, with podcasts like we're doing now. Um, we also do some Facebook ads. And then we've got a bunch of videos out there um, that we utilize, whether it be on our on our page, uh, the ssvbusiness.com website, or YouTube, that type of thing. Nice. Awesome. Um, yeah, and, you, and if anyone's interested, you do have a book, too,
0: that lets people know a little bit about how to start a vending business, right?
1: Yeah, it's called Live Your Dreams, The Top 10 Reasons Why You Need to Own a Vending Business. And we set up a landing page just for your audience at ssvbusiness.com forward slash garlic so that anybody who wants to learn more about just the basics of vending uh, can download that and learn some more. Or if they want to begin a dialogue and talk a little bit more about what we do as a franchise, you know, we can go down that road as well. Um, And I think that's awesome, too, because
0: even if you have – there's people that are listening to us that have online businesses and having that other stream of income, having that safety net I think is a great idea for a lot of people. But to, let's talk again about the franchisees because you're getting people that don't, don't want to go out and start their own business and you're putting them in this world of digital marketing, which I get overwhelmed in and I all I do is read about it and, and do it all day, so I can only imagine how they get overwhelmed. How do you prevent that when you're putting that in front of a franchisee?
1: Well, I mean, we've got systems in place to teach them. You know, the thing that I encourage them is to put together an annual marketing plan. When I was back in the direct mail days um, that I spent about a decade in that world, you know, the the successful clients had an annual plan. The ones that were not successful were the ones that said, oh, I'm going to try this and And then when they don't get the response that in their mind they think they should get, uh, they quit. Well, (laughs) that doesn't work in anything. And so what I encourage my guys to do is, okay, we need to do a little bit of all these things. Let's put together an annual calendar so that you are reaching out in a variety of different ways throughout the year. Um, It's a plan. And event instead of just kind of reacting from month to month and it also allows you to to learn the ropes um, and and implement some of these different programs and strategies you know one at a time instead of all of a sudden boom I got to market my business and now I got to learn you know eight different ways of doing it
0: yeah uh, it, it's so true and I see that happen all the time. I mean, literally 80% of people that walk through the door have zero plan in place, even though we've created this. We, I created a video planning guide that, you know, it's eight videos and people still don't do it. Um, and th- then they wonder, they say marketing doesn't work, but it works if you have a plan. How do you create your plans?
1: Well, like in our case, um, for the franchisees, you know, we base everything around the trade shows that we can't control when they are. So that's the first thing that goes on the list because everything else we will work around or conjunction with them. Um, We then look for opportunities to utilize either postcards or email campaigns or Facebook campaigns in conjunction with those trade shows where we've got the ability to get the message in front of that potential trade show audience in advance or, or after those events. Um, so that they're not just hearing about us for the very first time when they show up at that event. Um, when I was in the direct mail world, you know, we were taught the rule of threes where a typical customer needs to see someone's message at least three times before they start to take notice and give it any uh, attention at all. And I think that holds true today as much as ever before. So I, I always tell my franchisees, listen, here's the deal he who, who makes that happen the fastest wins you know and whether it be a postcard or, or dropping by or a trade show or an email or Facebook or whatever all those thing work, things work in conjunction with one another and over time that breeds familiarity it, it breeds trust with a brand and that's when you really start you know to, to move the needle as, as you hope to do
0: Awesome. That's and so true. Um, I literally was having this conversation just before because, you know, someone was telling me about Facebook ads and they're like, well, when they're ready, they'll buy. I'm like, no, that's not when they're ready. You make them ready, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, and not only that, but you got to be in front of them and stay top of mind. You know, why is it that the local mattress company is on the TV or on the radio daily almost? Well, it's because they know that a very small percentage of the population is looking to buy a mattress this weekend, and they realize that we will all buy a mattress probably in the next few years. So if that's the case, then they want to be the last ad that you hear before you go out and make that buying decision. Yep. Well, it's not really that different with what we do. Different, different businesses have different cycles in that regard, but, but the principle stays the same.
0: That's so cool. Um, because it's it's traditional marketing and we get away from it so much when we start with tactics. When we start with tactics, you know, we get away from it and there's a problem. But the fact is, you're exactly right, three to four percent of anyone's target market is only ready to buy right now. And there's 45, 50 percent that are getting ready to get ready to buy, right? Right. Um, and, And so, you have this direct mail experience, but how did you go about getting better at digital marketing?
1: I, I I took things one step at a time. Like you said earlier, it, it's real easy to be overwhelmed. And as an example, I was at Social Media Marketing World here two weeks ago, and Michael Stelsner, who um, <coughs> heads up that organization, did his keynote, and, and whereas a couple years ago, Facebook was the place to be, um, It's not as much anymore because the algorithms have been tweaked so much to where people are having a challenge making their ROI in many cases if they're using Facebook just purely for ads. Now, if you're using live video, that's what right now Facebook is promoting, right? Mm -hmm. So we all need to change and grow as we go, Um, and that's just one example. So for me… Facebook was the first thing that made most sense because most of our, our customers, the PTA moms and, and administrators in schools, are on that platform. So I started out there. I got a coach. Um, I took a couple classes. And then we slowly started to figure that out and implement. And then we moved on to something else. Too many people try to do a little bit of everything all at once, they end up being a mile wide and an inch deep, and they never accomplish anything. Um, also, the reality is some of these different tools really don't match the audience of of your mm-hmm. of your audience, right? So just because everybody is going to this platform or that platform, you know, is that where your customers are? If it's not, then ignore all the hype. It doesn't apply to you. <laughs>
0: and it's so true and and that people get drawn in that direction and go, oh, I, I remember when I was at, um, I forget where I was last year and everyone's like, oh, Gary Vaynerchuk's like Snapchat, Snapchat, Snapchat. And I'm like, you're a B2B company. The only people that are on Snapchat that are your customers are your other customers trying to figure out Snapchat. <laughs> Yeah, or, or, the,
1: or the college and high school kids.
0: Yeah, you know? exactly. So uh, when you go about trying to figure out what to do next, um, do you have a system in place?
1: Not, I mean, not really. I, I, my system is that I am a regular attender at conferences like that, even though I'm not in the social media space with my business. I mean, there's no more traditional business than vending, but the reality is if I'm not at events like that staying informed, I'm doing a disservice to our franchisees, I'm doing a disservice to our schools, and it's my job as the leader to stay on the cutting edge of that stuff and to decide, okay, this is what makes sense for us now, and then put the systems and the implementation behind that. Man, your franchisees are so lucky because I've dealt with so many franchisors and
0: I mean, I'm not gonna name names, but they just wanna kinda go, oh, they wanna push it off. Like, I don't have to learn about that, I'm gonna hire someone that's gonna do it and they don't understand it and then they're, they're doing, like you said, the franchisees a disservice. That's amazing at that price point that you are doing that for people. So uh, kudos to you, that's, that's fantastic. Um, When you're disseminating this information to them, are you still using the podcast?
1: To the franchisees? Yeah. Or to who? Yeah. So I have two internal podcasts that I use just for our franchise team. And just like I'm marketing to people that might be interested in the franchise on shows like yours, internally – I'm not just sharing information to our franchisees, but we also do marketing to them as well. We've got different programs. Uh, you know, we've got a, a Facebook program where we've got a guy that that works with the team and helps them with their ads, and and it's a service, it's a consulting service that he that he runs and they pay for. Well, we run ads and we talk about that service as an example on the internal podcast. We've got a leasing company that that does leasing of equipment to our franchisees. We do marketing to our franchisees on the podcast. Uh, We've got our annual conclave coming up in June outside of uh, Fort Worth. We're promoting that twice a week on the podcast that I do for the team. So it's not just about information. They need to be marketed to just as much as anybody else does because we're all busy. We all got a lot going on. And there's no one vehicle that is going to reach them all. Um, I, I realized that a couple of years ago when I was doing primarily blog posts and all that. And, and on some really, really important stuff, half the team wasn't even aware of. Even though they got it in their email and it was on our intranet, they never saw it. They never read it. And what we have found is, you know, podcast is a great addition it's a great way to communicate and develop community, um, but it's also a uh, a medium, as you know, Ian, that that you don't have to be one hundred percent engaged to learn from. You know, people might be mowing the lawn, listening to you and I talk, or driving to work, or taking the train, or or on an airplane, or who I, knows what.
0: I know my buddy Glenn Dawson's listening to while well, riding his bike. So it <laughs> tells me, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And it's, it's a great method for people to learn. I love it for that. I mean, I'm listening constantly. I just went to pick up some groceries. and am listening to a podcast, you know, it's like, oh man, here's some information. My wife's like, she, like we're driving today to work and my wife's like, don't, I don't want to listen to podcasts. I'm like, you're listening to podcasts. <laughs> I'm probably gonna make her listen to this one because I'll be like, see, we should do this. You'll have to cut that part out, though. (laughs) She won't listen this far in. So, Uh, (laughs) you know, everyone says their mom and their wives are the only ones that watch them. My mom nor my wife pays attention to any of the stuff I do. Um, (laughs) So,. You know, I I think this is one of the biggest takeaways I had from our last conversation, and so ultra important. I tell people this all the time, but your your biggest advantage in marketing is to the people already inside of your business. And people we just throw that way leads, 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 and we don't market to those people. I think that that podcast marketing to your, and also the idea of marketing to the people that work for you is so crucial. Um, it, it, that's a, a genius genius thing you've done there, and. I, and, and It's amazing. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about direct mail because I, you have a direct mail background. What are you guys doing with direct mail? Because I literally in the past two days have bought two things from direct mail and two services and it works because you're not, I'm like 90% of my mail is for people that haven't been here in 20
1: years. (laughs) Yeah. Um, we do a combination of things, you know, postcards is our primary, uh, focus. We've got just some, some general messaging where, that our team can customize and then have those postcards printed and then be able to mail them at whatever, whenever they want to do. So um, we also have a different postcard where because we work with schools and we do custom stickers for schools, we have gotten to where we've developed a postcard that, that has our logo on the front but is completely blank otherwise – and the reason for that is because our franchisees in a given school district can take the spirit sticker samples of the, some of the schools in that district and they actually put them on that postcard. so And then they mail it to all the other schools that aren't working with us. And in essence, they're saying, hey, listen, we're working with these guys. Why aren't we working with you yet? And from district to district, that customization changes because most schools only care about the schools within their district. Um, We do handwritten notes, you know, thank you notes, that type of thing. Another thing that most people have completely turned their back on, but it gets people's attention today and they take notice because, wow, you actually took time to write something and mail it instead of just send off a short email. Um, So those are the two biggest things. We don't use any postcard or mailing services right now. at the international franchise association conference in January, I met with a couple of companies and uh, my hope is within the next couple of months, we will start programs to where, you know, if somebody wants, they can literally get the postcard mailed and uh, or printed and mailed, you know, from, from a, a a mail house that does that at, at a very inexpensive price. But right now, we kind of do things old school, and the team individually does does their own stuff for the most part.
0: Nice. That's awesome. Uh, but it's really cool that you're – I mean, old school works because it, it gets people's attention, right? They're not getting anything like that out there. Um, when it comes to the franchises, I mean, what, what kind of returns are they getting? I, I'm just
1: curious. Like, what,
0: what, what's an average franchise look like they're making?
1: You know, believe it or not, I can't get into the financial side of that just because franchise law Ah. um, prevents me from making any kind of quote unquote financial claims. Um, I can tell you this though, of the 92, 93 franchises we have today, um, about a third of them, this, this is all that they do. Most of them were busy professionals and got started in this while they were still working full time. And they did not leave what their professional career to make make less money. If that makes sense,
0: <laughs> makes complete sense. Makes complete sense. That's really cool. That is awesome. And congrats to that. So, you know, where do you see this going? Are you just trying to get into the franchises? What What's next level with you and your marketing?
1: Actually, uh, a lot of our uh, focus right now is marketing actually to our schools and to the kids within those schools with positive messaging. One of one of my goals, at, as our platform grew and we now, you know, have uh, millions of kids every week who are seeing our machines and potentially accessing them, um, there, we have an obligation to inspire them and and to provide content to them more than just selling stickers so as an example uh we're right now in the process of putting together um an entity we're we're not online yet but called inspire a kid where where we start to provide messaging to our kids and hopefully inspire them to greatness and you know to finish school and to do some of those kind of things by hearing stories and sharing stories of other kids and adults who are inspiring kids. I also, when I was growing up, I became an avid reader of comic books when I was in elementary and, and junior high. And so I thought, wouldn't it be cool if we started a comic book company? So three three years ago, I hired a couple of young guys uh, that graduate from Baylor University. One's a writer and one's an illustrator. And we started a comic book series called Marlin and Percy. Marlon and Percy are a couple apes. They want to be superheroes. And um, Marlon and Percy initially showed up as kind of the Bazooka Joe of our sticker machines. Um, every, every sticker is vended in a cardboard folder, and we print on that folder. And there's a Marlin and Percy comic on all of them. Since then, we've, we've released eight full length comics. We've released a 200 page children's chapter book or novel. And uh, within the next couple months, we will release the second novel as well. And um, our goal is to inspire a bunch of kids to read in a unique way that they're probably not getting in many cases elsewhere and to provide content that is wholesome in nature, that's values based that mom and dad don't have to worry about what little Johnny or little Susie are getting their hands on.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. I mean, I, I, I'm so on board with that because I really think the future, we need to inspire kids early on, beyond just education, and also we need to teach them entrepreneur, entrepreneurial skills uh, because it, 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 we it's funny that we've gotten away from it, but when you really think about it, everyone was an entrepreneur up until a couple hundred years ago. <laughs> and yeah. all of a sudden there's this idea that we shouldn't be entrepreneurs. And that's why everyone hates the nine to five is because they're not able to be entrepreneurs with inside, inside their job. Um, and I love that inspiration that you're giving to kids because it's it's so important. I think that's the only way we're going to do anything significant in this world. That's, and kudos to you on that. Um, Thanks. That's, uh, so when you're doing all of this, are you still just staying at home a lot because i remember when we first talked it was you know you really want to be at home more and, and 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 you want to get away from that is that is that still the case for your lifestyle
1: for the most part i october and march are always really bad for me with travel yeah i just got done from being gone uh four to three days a week for the last six weeks in a row half of that was family stuff the other half was, you know, work stuff, going to conferences or whatever. But, um, you know, as an example, the next four months, I have one trip of three days to Alaska planned um, to work with one of our new franchisees up there. Otherwise, uh, I'm home. So um, it comes in fits and spurts. But, but yes, and that's one. Once again, one of the nice things about. This type of conversation and and podcasts and all that is here I am with my own mic on my own computer in my own office. You know, you and I are talking and, um, you know, making an impact without having to go anywhere.
0: Yeah. And it's so much fun to be awesome entrepreneurs like yourself that, you know, we might have had to go through 20, 30 people and a bunch of small talk. But now we can have these awesome, meaningful conversations. That's what I love about podcasting. I think it's, it's one of my favorite things to do and meet people like yourself and hear your stories. They're fantastic. Um, if you were talking to a small business owner right now or someone that what besides buying your franchise, what would be the first thing you would tell them to do now if, or someone looking to start a small business?
1: You know, the first thing I would tell them is that this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And business has ups and downs no matter what the business is. So you need to realize that. You need to prepare for it. And you also need to know that it's going to take a lot of work, you know, our franchisees make make passive income, essentially, with what we do. And I tell them all the time, listen, guys, if passive income was easy, everybody would be doing it. <laughs> well, if business ownership was easy, everybody would be doing, with, doing it. Um, so you got to be willing to put in the time. Yes, if you build it properly and you build systems and processes in place so that others can take on – Many of the roles and responsibilities over time of running a business, you know, there is some amazing lifestyle that's possible as well. But as you and I have talked before, Ian, I mean, it's taken me 13 years to get to this point. And, um, you know, a lot of people wouldn't have put in the amount of time and effort and committed as much resource wise to make this happen. But because we did, we're able to live in pretty rare air today, um, doing some pretty neat things and, you know, making making a positive impact on schools and families and kids all across the country because of it.
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: And, and I think
0: that that's one of the biggest things I want to try to get across to people too. that exact same thing. It's it's hard, but the, the obstacle like the Marcus Aurelius quote, like the book, the obstacle is the way. The thing that's hard when you get past it is the way, and that's what's going to get you ahead of everyone and keep everyone from having passive income, right? There's, it's, the, the secret to the passive income is systems and hard work.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if, if they own a small business today or are thinking about it, whether it be in, the, be in the trades or otherwise, I really encourage them to read the book E-Myth Revisited by Gerber. Uh, that is a life-changing book. We'll talk about you know, whether they're a technician, a manager, or a true entrepreneur. And I've worked really hard over the last few years to make sure that I fit into that true entrepreneur cat category. But for years, I was more the technician and manager. Most business owners are completely oblivious to the differences. And so they wonder why they keep banging their head against the wall week after week, year after year, not really feeling like they're making any progress. And it's, it's because that you just don't know what you don't know. And yeah. that book will, will really help put things in perspective for you.
0: Yeah, I think one of the, you know, I, I love that book. And what I, one of the things I really love about it is that it's the story format. because it's not He not, doesn't tell you. He shows you through a story, uh, which I think is fantastic. But one of the biggest things I want I, I, everyone listening to get out of their head is that no one else can do this. Like, you know, I think that's the thing that stops a lot of entrepreneurs is like, well, no one else can do my job, so I have to do it.
1: (laughs) And and you will do it for the rest of your life if that's your mindset. And by the way, I had that mindset, and I struggle with that every day just because of the way I'm wired. But the more that we can spend our time with the unique, unique gifting that God gave us, and, and allow somebody else to do all the things that we're not gifted at, the better we are. It's like, I recently hired a part-time CFO. This guy is an absolute analytical genius. Well, I'm not a numbers guy. I look at a P&L and a balance sheet and, and it's just Greek to me. It doesn't speak to me, but those numbers speak to him. And, and to pay him to spend 10 hours or so a month focusing on me and my business and our numbers has been revolutionary because then we just sit down and we talk and he explains all this stuff and gives me suggestions based on the numbers. Um, we're in the process of putting together a dashboard that he will regularly update to where anytime I want to know the status of things and the state of things internally, all I got to go there and, and everything that I need to know is right there. Instead of all these other reports and everything that, are, that have been put together for the financial whizzes and the CPAs, uh, you know, not for a business owner like me. Yep, yep. I'm going
0: to put a little plug in for one of my friends who's going to be a future uh, show guest, Vinnie Fisher's fullyaccountable.com. He has a software called Your Back Office. You, guys, you should check it out. It's uh, It's fantastic um we're we're cool. implementing right, right now it has all those kpis that dashboard so you can be like boom boom boom. okay you're not staying up at night like D- am i making money there <laughs> yeah <laughs> awesome um matt miller thank you so much so you've got this awesome book for
1: everyone tell me about, let's talk about one more time yeah it's called live your dreams the top 10 reasons why you need to own a vending business and they can go to ssvbusiness.com forward slash garlic and download that for free and uh, go from there. Awesome. Awesome. Matt, thank you so much for
0: being on the show. Thanks for all the awesome wisdom, advice, and, and telling your stories. I really appreciate it.
1: Hey, Ian, thanks for the opportunity again.
0: And uh, God bless you, man. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you all for listening to The Garlic Marketing Show and taking Matt and I on your journey to your success, whatever that is. That's it for the garlic marketing show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow I in garlic on Facebook.